right, welcome back. It's another edition of the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams in the house at a new brewery, Danny Brams. Well, I don't know if it's new, but it's new to me anyway. Yeah, well, hey, we spread the love. We like to go all over town, and uh, we've hit some great spots today. We're at Middle James Brewery down in Pineville, which is a uh, really cool spot that I discovered last year. Uh, there's like a golf facility right next door. It's kind of ragtag. It's not, not fancy, so you can just see yourself swinging by, you know, having a few pops after work and uh, hitting a few balls. They got a short game training and a, and a driving range. The brews are nice. It's a really cool, awesome, clean, spacey, uh, airy facility with a great patio. I love Middle James. I'm glad I could bring you here for your first time. We're having a lunch beer. And what are you drinking, Danny Brands? We've got the same beer. we got Mint City Gold, baby. And it's looking golden in my glass, i got to tell you. It's uh, a special brew uh, for in honor of Charlotte FC and the Mint City Collective, I believe. If I'm, uh, I, could, I don't have all my facts straight there, but... There's an MCC flag hanging in the corner of the room, so I'll try to put two and two together there and assume there's some type of relationship. But yeah, Mint City Gold is a uh, lovely IPA, uh, not huge on the ABV, which, you know, we're, we're high ABV guys, both of us, but uh, this is a little milder, which is good for a lunch beer. It's not too bitter of an IPA. It, it is a pale ale, but it's, it's not really uh, sour IPA-ish. It's more just like a crisp uh, amber, if you will. It, it tastes really good, and... Today's episode is going to be a quick hitter, uh, 30-minute episode previewing the match on Saturday night against New England Revolution, also updating you about the U.S. Open Cup match next Wednesday on 420 versus the Greenville Triumph. Danny Brams and I are heading down I-85, going to be at that match as well, I know with a lot of people. We got second row because we're going to have all eyes on MAR. Right, yeah, this was your priority, and going and making the drive out to Greenville and getting into, you know, sort of a more intimate, up-close situation with the club, let's get up close. Let's watch MAR in action. He's awesome just to see on highlight clips and watching from, you know, the far-up stands where we're at during the BOA game. So let's get up and close and personal with the bench and MAR and see if that gives us some insights into the team. I love the plan. So let's not get ahead of ourselves because you know, the reason why we're here is because New England Revolution, they're waiting uh, in New England right now. Saturday night, 7.30 kick. Charlotte FC will fly up there on Friday afternoon. I'm excited to do our projected 11. Um, I'm excited to talk about potentially the involvement of Poland International, Camille Jozwiak, who is in town this week, did his first press conference for Charlotte FC. Um, Bruce Arena's first ever four-match losing streak heading into this match, which is a crazy note. And we've... We've got a, another revenge game, this, though, the other way around. Right. And it, I keep asking myself this, and I know I've asked you this on a previous podcast, but I'll do it again. I don't understand why we're playing teams twice in the first eight games of the season. Mm-hmm. It's poor scheduling. When you first brought it up earlier this year, I was like, yeah, whatever, it's the schedule. But as we're going through it week by week, it's like, how do we get stuck in this situation? I'm going to play Atlanta twice, New England twice. It, it does suck. I agree. Like... Uh, I don't know what the, the reasoning behind it is, other than, like I said, we probably got last priority in a lot of the scheduling coin tosses and things like that when they had to make this or that decisions. So let's get into the match. Let's talk about the match on Saturday. What's your expectations? Um, we saw this squad coming into Bank of America Stadium, and we saw Charlotte FC have their way. Uh, mm-hmm. New England scored on a PK 
uh, given away by goalkeeper Christian Kalina. So they still haven't scored uh, 90 minutes against Charlotte FC. They haven't scored an open play. Will they score an open play on Saturday night um, on their home pitch in front of maybe a raucous 6,000 fans? I'm not sure. And that's another thing I want to take into account here is the Revs' home field advantage isn't really that great. And I think that really works in Charlotte FC's favor. So, Yeah, uh, the best time they have a home field advantage to me is when there's weather conditions, when it's like snowy or whatever, early season. I checked. I did check the forecast just for what it will look like. Uh, should be a great day. So there's no – it's in, uh, sunny in 60s apparently. So, Good. So let's just start with our um, top storylines. We'll use VIAC play on Saturday is, I think, the most important question that, that I want to have you answer. Well, it depend- if you asked me yesterday, I would have said, of course, I'd let's put him in the starting lineup. But then he kind of threw a little water on that maybe with his press conference saying he definitely wouldn't be ready to play 90 minutes and maybe a little less than that, which to me maybe that could put him into a sub role. I'm not sure. Uh, I, you're, you are the one who's inside MAR's head a little bit more than me. Like, <laughs> what, what, where do you, what do you think uh, – the, the, the geniuses uh, got cooked up for the situation. Well, it's just consider it, consider it like it's you have an arsenal, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to figure out a way to use every single one of your weapons. So that's what MAR is doing now, this week, preparing for this match. He's asking himself, how do I want to deploy my newest, shiniest weapon? Mm-hmm. Do I want him to start and get a good 60 minutes under his belt and bring him into oh. fitness? doing it that way or do I want to bring him into fitness by having him play 30 minutes at the end of the match now that decision comes with the caveat of game flow right right if it's a defensive lineup like MAR has done on the road against DC against Philadelphia against Atlanta if he comes out with that defensive lineup then yes Yuzviak is not starting he's going to come in as a sub but if he wants to change that philosophy, if he wants to change that formation on the road, if he wants to continue that front foot style, that 4-1-3-2 mm-hmm. formation, that potential 4-3-3, 4-4-2, if he wants to continue to play that way, then yes, I think Yuzviak plays 60 minutes. He said that he could go that much, and then he potentially replaces Bender in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah, he, I could see him coming in for Bender at the 60-minute mark for sure. I could see him starting, and I could see Bender not getting the start. I think yeah, could see I, Bender I, getting yeah. some rest. Yeah, Because Bender sure. hasn't done much on the road. Right. He's a, Bender has played very well. He's young. He's played well at home. Or in the last, like, you know, two hours of, of on-the-field time. You know, he kind of disappeared towards the end of uh, the Philly game, and he was not really super present. We already mentioned, you know, even in the recent win against Atlanta, he wasn't really a catalyst as much as we'd seen him, you know, three games ago, four games ago. If you remember, if you go back, the thing I'm I'm wondering about is will he MAR use another chance to experiment? Like, because if you remember New England was the team that he first busted out the two strikers. Rios Rios got his first start up top. Is Rios gonna start on Saturday? I mean, you want to start do the projector level? That's what I'm right saying. Now? I'm asking. Yeah. This is a quick hitting podcast. We are on a quick hitter right? yeah. uh, uh, episode, so yeah, let's go with it. I say yeah. I say. I say you don't. Mayor is not going to change a winning lineup. I think he's going. I think my projected eleven is going to be the exact same eleven that started against Atlanta at home. Yeah, I think that's 
that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, that, that, that kind of ruins the exercise of going through well, it. That's Maybe, fine. But no, we, no, we, we, we can still no, talk but about we don't need to go, yeah. to go through it because we can identify some potential changes. And I think one of those potential changes is Rios up top. I think he hasn't started on the road yet. And I don't want to buck the trend. So I'll disagree with you there. I think we're okay. going to be disappointed when we see the starting lineup on Saturday night and I think like we were in Philly yes and I think you're going to see Rios on the bench and I think you're going to see a, another defensive player maybe come in as a replacement towards the back line I think Sergio Ruiz has a chance to get in this match potentially on the road uh, I think Derek Jones has a, uh, has a chance to potentially get in this match on the road because I, what I think he's going to do is load up the back line once again right I'm at the yeah. point now where as much as I want MAR to have a front foot style on the road how can I have that expectation of him when he hasn't done that once right exactly it's like you're gonna continue we can't like project it I guess that's a good point at, yeah. at what point am right. I gonna be like okay no like this is what I want but this is what the coach's philosophy is on the road mm-hmm. so do you see five man back line yes All right, so we got Kalina who's your five man back line Mora's in uh, who had a pretty good game against Atlanta um, and he's got a week of rest to recover and that's great with no midweek game and by the way we have to think about Greenville as a midweek game next week mm-hmm. so people who don't play on Saturday night against New England will potentially be in the lineup that is on a good Wednesday. wrinkle yeah to definitely consider you know so that's something else to think about if Derek Jones or Sergio Ruiz does not get in the starting lineup those are two guys that likely will probably see the pitch against Greenville on Wednesday so to talk about that back line I think McCoon is back in okay and I think Fuchs is in, and I think Carujo is in, I think Moore is in, and I think Lindsay's in. All right. That's the back. I think that's where he sets up in the back and protects himself with those five players. You've got the three center backs in the middle with Fuchs, McCoon, and Carujo, and you can play Lindsay and Mora on the outside. Maybe give Lindsay a little bit more leeway to get forward and shift that over to a back four. Sure. And Mora... You, you could tell, you could give him the leeway, but he's not going to get forward no, anyway. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> so not. It doesn't we, matter. We've yeah, been, yeah. Thanks to our friends so, at Banks Beer and Soccer, we yeah. know he's not getting forward. Yeah, so who's in front of that line then? Bronico or Jones for you? Bronny Bro, okay. for sure. Yeah, Bronny Bro he, has, has earned he, his place. He's also got something to atone for. If you remember, it was his really bad back pass, you know, in the uh, – trying to play it out that sort of led to Kalina giving up that PK against uh, New England in the first matchup. So he's probably got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I say put him out there, let him atone for it. Where is, um, where's your head at as far as the midfield? I go, I, I honestly think we're going to, I, I'm going to just project that MAR changes it because he's changed against New England. He used the New England game last time to change, and I think this is his chance to sort of be unpredictable again and not be defensive on the road. We'll see. So I'm going to say that it's Alcivar, Bender, Franco, and Bronny, bro, uh, in that diamond, you know, shifting diamond formation that allows the, the three guys up front to, you know, switch sides a lot. And uh, I think we'll see Rios and Swedeski up top. I hope so. Okay. Well, if I have Rios out, I, we have to figure out exactly where the difference is lie right it's like in my I back five you, you just you, you're bringing in McCoon for Rios basically yes yep yes which I would love I, I love Christian McCoon you know I I felt a little bit bad that it's at his expense that remember we had Fuchs out last week because he'd sort of flown across the pond and missed some time and we have presumed missed training in the end he ended up being in and going 90 showed our you know 
that's why we're amateurs at this, I guess, on one level. But uh, uh, it sucks that McCoon doesn't get to play because I think he's so promising. I think he's only going to get better the more he can like, get playing time. So if, if we do do – I have no problem. I'm not going to be as disappointed if I see that five-man back line as I was against Philly because I have come to expect a little more. I guess we should talk about what do, you, what do we think New England really brings. You know, you, you're not uh, totally – versed on the years of history of the recent New England Reds, but you did see them in the house in Charlotte once, so you know a little bit about what you saw before. The funniest thing to me is that, you know, coming into that game, the whole narrative was Carlos Heel, MVP, he's the man, we got to do everything we can to stop him, and I bought into that narrative too, but we walked out of that game thinking, man, this guy seemed kind of soft out there, you know? It was almost like when any time things weren't going his way, he had bad body language, he was yelling at refs. He was mad at getting fouled, you know. I mean, whatever. There was some, some uh, maybe some dicey fouls. Adam Armour's yell at the end that I shouted out. You know, from his perspective, I could see that as dicey. But what is New England really going to bring? They're on a four-game losing streak. You mentioned that. It's the first time in Bruce Arena's career as one of the legendary MLS managers that he's ever had a regular, uh, a regular season four-game losing streak in, like, regular time. I think he had a four-game losing streak with a shootout in one of the earlier MLS, but I say let's make it five. You know, let's, let's add to that history. Uh, one note is that during this losing streak, their whole problem has been leaking goals. They've been struggling with goalkeeper, and they have Matt Turner, who's the U.S. men's national goalkeeper, you know, one of the best in the league, and he's on his way to the EPL, in fact, because he's been so good. He got signed to a contract to go play for Arsenal, probably in a backup role there but he's one of the best MLS keepers and he's been missing you know this whole season so he is looking like he's gonna be back he's back in training for New England he had a foot issue related to playing for the USA in a really cold game where some of his foot tissue acted up or whatever he's been out for a few weeks they've been leaking goals he could be back they're a wounded animal they have this four game losing streak when they came in to Charlotte they were kind of in a, a, at the beginning of this bad run where they were sort of like the prideful but vulnerable, you know, animal that like maybe thought it had nothing to worry about. Now they know they have stuff to worry about. Now their backs are against the wall. Now they're gone from the top of the table to the bottom of the ta- last year to the bottom of the table this year, and it's going to be a dogfight. Like I, I think Charlotte can easily win this. I think we beat them before. We can beat them again, even despite the flip flop in uh, the home field, but. It's going to be a fight, and we better be ready for it. Dude, they just gave up three goals to Miami. (laughs) You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And the start of their bad streak, they gave up, I think, two goals in 30 minutes to a Real Salt Lake at home, you know, in the last 30 minutes of a game that they were winning. So that's where it all started to go wrong. They lost to Miami, like you said, uh, you know, and that was kind of a a new-look Miami that was trying a brand-new 11 that they hadn't seen all season. So Every team in MLS is beatable. That's why I went on the rant I did on Monday's show is like legitimately there's nothing about New England revolution that makes me think that they're an unbeatable team. I think that's like MLS pretty much from top to bottom except for on the road at Philly, on the road at Seattle, maybe Mm -hmm. on the road at LA, FC. Portland has an insane home field advantage. Portland as well. Every other match that that you play Based on roster, you feel like you should have a chance. A lot of times it really does come down to home field. I always tell people uh, that I talk about this league with in the fantasy sports context that, like, 
MLS home field advantage matters more than home field in other leagues. Like obviously home field's important in the Premier League. It's important in uh, you know Champions League contests and you know the big six or big five, excuse me, in Europe and all around the world. But in the MLS, it's just it matters that little much more. You can almost always count on home teams to rise above and weaker on paper teams at home to to play like Lions uh, against you know, supposed elites. That's what we saw when Charlotte beat New England here in Charlotte at BOA. And that's why even though New England looks really like shells of themselves, we have to be wary going in there. Even though they don't have the home, even though, you know, uh, Foxborough does not provide the same home field advantage that we've already quickly established and a lot of other teams have, it still is something we're going to have to fight against. We have no road wins yet. We're, you know... We have no road points. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. Don't even so, have a draw, and that's why I'm leaning towards a draw yeah. on Saturday. Saturday. It feels we like have it's, to it's, be happy with the draw. It feels like it's time for a draw for Charlotte FC, and it feels like it's time for a draw for New England Revolution coming mm-hmm. off of a skit, right? Because mm-hmm. you have a team that's playing poorly in New England, right? You don't, I don't expect them to flip the switch and just play amazing soccer on Saturday, Saturday against Charlotte, who is a really good defense. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to have to earn their goals. Sure. I think Charlotte has a goal of getting to New England and getting something out of it. Right. So a draw feels really, really good in this game, except for potentially some mistakes. And that's where MLS is different than a lot of, of, of leagues. You, we saw the crucial mistake that Christian Kalina made against Philly. We've seen crucial mistakes in other games made by goalkeepers. You could look at Brad Guzan. <laughs> On the Olympico. What the hell was he doing? I still am not by, sure. By the way, by the way, quick little side tangent on you, Mr. Guzon. We heard your post-game press conference comments about, oh, yeah, yeah, it was just a, it was a good ball, but the wind got it. You know, oh, it was, the, it was swirling up there. Give us a break, man. You can watch any replay. There's no wind that gets it. This ball is spinning out of control, and you just didn't know what to do. And you got clowned, and deal with it. If you, Brad, wanted to know what it was like for to for it to be windy at Bank of America Stadium, just come to the Cincinnati match, and then right, then I'll show right. you what wind looks like on right. the pitch that impacts exactly. the match. Yeah, thanks. So, um, thanks for the excuse, but um, we're going to reject that one. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I think that truthfully, when we're looking towards Saturday night, I think this is a, a match that I'm really excited to watch. I think that it is a match that has potential. If Charlotte FC wins this match. Um, all of a sudden, it's game on. And what I mean by game on is, is that um, this club is in position now. It has positioned itself 12 points in, 4-4 four and four, um, on the win-loss with still no draws. This, anytime a club has a chance, you, you mentioned this on the podcast in the past, anytime a club has a chance to get back to 500, like, that is so crucial. Because right. if you lose that game, you're now got to get yourself two wins to yep. get back so exactly. th- th- there's such a good opportunity for this club to get back to 500 to get its first three points on the road against a team that's reeling a little bit with a star who you know has been on the score sheet but mostly through pks yeah i think that makes sense like expecting a draw but calling for a chance to go get three points it's within our grasp but i think we'd have to be happy with the draw i mean when i looked at this three game april road trip for me it was let's try to get four points out of three games and so getting one out of the first, I think, is a, is a great step in that direction. Then you just need to get at least one win in the last two. 
but if we got if we did if we were to win this and you know be well on our way and get our first road win i'd be thrilled i'd be overjoyed i'd, I'd be walking around with an even bigger sense of puffed up you know blue and black and blue pride that i'm uh trotting around this town with already you know like I, it's been a great time to just like be in charlotte and just feel the sense of pride in charlotte fc and like wear the gear and uh, you know sport the logos around town it's, it's all, i'll be I'll be that much more, you know, unbearable to non-fans, I guess, uh, if we're if we go get our road win. But I'd be more than happy with a draw. I think it would keep us right on pace. Three points, though. If Orlando, Red Bulls, and Atlanta United lose this weekend, I'm not sure if either one of them are playing each other. I'm sorry if they are. Um, I don't have that in front of me. But um, that would vault Charlotte into second place in the East. <laughs> That'd be... Dreamland. Think about it. Yeah. And, and, and that's why it's important to put things into perspective. Yeah. Right? A win this weekend and losses by Orlando, New York Red Bulls, and Atlanta would mean Charlotte is in the second place in the East. That's a very simple formula. Right behind, and with a loss to the first place team. Then all of a sudden, you know, there's some rewrites of, of uh, articles that are being, being uh, done and uh, new copies being sent out uh, from on high. To talk about you know the expansion miracle that's taking place down in the Carolinas. So, and by the way, th- those teams aren't playing each other. Okay, good. So, yeah, so there's a chance, you know. I, there's there's an absolute chance for that to happen. Now, is it an outside chance? Sure, but I've hit parlays with bigger odds than that. Mm-hmm. We will have the extra game on a couple of those teams still, but regardless, merely details, fans. Merely details. Hey, we're, we've been playing soccer during a <laughs> global pandemic and in a sport that where teams typically never had games in hand. Mm-hmm. Games in hand have become part of the normal lexicon for, for global soccer fans because of the pandemic, because of COVID cancellations, because of postponements. And that North London derby at the end of the Premier League season is an example of that. Could be one of the biggest matches Big, of the big day for this spot as well. Exactly. When we get, when we get there. Yeah, yeah that, that's exactly right. So, um, is there anything else that you want to discuss heading into this match? Is there anything that, 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 that's on your mind that you feel like fans need to know, that fans need to watch out for um, on this match? Or is there anything bigger picture for this club to hit before we go into the weekend? Uh, I don't know. that you know. I, we can talk a little bit about the fan culture, you know, that is just developing and continuing okay. to evolve. Good idea. There's a lot of cool, cool things going on with Charlotte uh, FC supporters. Uh, whether it's the official supporters groups, whether it's sort of the so- some of the side projects, the five and two projects, your CLTFC fan TVs, your top bin nineties going out there and stalking all the Charlotte players, trying to get selfies with them. You know, it's just it's just fun to to like see the early stages of this thing that's developing and see every like step along the way because we don't know what Charlotte FC culture is going to be in a few years, but we will have know how we got there once we once we're there we'll have known every step of the way that got us there which is kind of a cool feeling to like be living in real time yeah it is you, you look uh, at like uh, something like the Poznan celebration that was going on in the uh, in the stands before the game against Atlanta uh, you know that happened before we got there that we talked about that but uh, you know everyone was really hyped about it and it was really cool probably not my favorite thing that we've ever done you know Charlotte FC just for my own reasons because I you know what I know about that ritual is that it's kind of like designed to show dissatisfaction with the front office which is really something I don't feel with Charlotte FC right now so maybe 
you know, maybe that's my own mental block. Uh, it was definitely cool to witness as like a, a cool thing, but I just don't like standing with backs to the pitch. I don't. I just don't really get it. That's just me. That's that's my own issue. Trial and error yeah. is okay. Yeah, for like, people that loved it, I you're you know I get why you loved it. Like you know, it didn't look cool in one level, but tradition takes trial and error. And I'll, and I'll give right. you another example. Will that become like a true Charlotte FC tradition? We don't know. You know, it, it happened in one game. It may happen in future games because we have the three Polish players. I get that link, but. Just like nicknames, you don't force them. Right, they, right. When, you, when, you, when a nickname hits, you know it's good. Right? When the bouncer, when, when Danny Rios, mm-hmm. when, he, when he was in the box and he was literally escorting that ball into right. the net and not letting Guzan get close to it, like that's when the nickname to me became real. Yep. Like that's literally what he does, and that's why we call him the bouncer. When so, he was holding up three Cincinnati players and sliding Ben Bender to the front of the line, it yeah, was beautiful. It was. You know? I mean, yeah. that, that's natural. That's what a bouncer so, does. You know, to, to do the, the, the Poznan, is that what it is? The Poznan? Yeah, yeah I believe Lech Poznan is the club Poznan. in Poland that uh, uh, started it, but, or did it most famously. It's actually, it has other names in other, other European clubs did it. it there's a you can go on Wikipedia and read all the traditions, I guess. Sure, we, we've got we've got three Polish players, but we've got one Polish yeah. player that has played right now. It's also associated with Manchester City, which you know not my favorite club in, from a Premier League context. So that's another reason that I kind of yeah. snub my nose. Well, and it is you, what it is. I'll give you another tradition, right? Sure. And something is an example of how you 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 can't hold on to everything that happens early. You have to be willing to let go of some things. And the national anthem was phenomenal on the opener when everybody sang but one of the pieces of feedback that I got at halftime of the Atlanta United game on Sunday was that it didn't sound like anybody was singing the national anthem in the stadium and that's okay and I think that's a lot to ask of the fan base to sing the national anthem before every match Mm -hmm. I think if you're going to bring professionals if you're going to pay people to sing the national anthem on the field before the match let them have a go at it I yeah. think what we did to kick off our franchise, I think the night where the microphone didn't work and the Charlotte FC fan base mm-hmm. picked up the slack and created an unbelievable, memorable moment, let that be the memorable moment. Yeah. That doesn't have to be the moment right. for the next forever of this club. You can let other people sing national anthems. And by the way, if you look at the players on the pitch, not many of them have their hands over their chest. Right. Well, not many of them are Americans. Let's be that's why out I'm, honest. That's, why I'm, yeah, that, that's exactly. my point of saying yeah. that. Yeah. Right? Because So if we're going to do a, a Polish experience mm-hmm. in the supporters section, why aren't we doing something about Ecuador too? Right. We have two Ecuadorian players in the starting 11. You know? That's, you know uh, you're not wrong about that. Uh, the, ne- the, the, the sing-along anthem may be sort of in that... The sing-along anthem may be sort of in that if you love something, let it go phase, <laughs> you know, be, yeah. uh, because it was good. I found myself a little less into it at the Atlanta game than I was at any previous game, and I, I could see that, you know, it, when I get back to when we get back to you know the Mint Street end in May, I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm going to be uh, ready to rock. I'm not going to scream it as loud as I did, you know, the first couple times. You're right. You're right about that. So, and other than that, I think. The, the TIFOs have been awesome. Oh, the TIFOs have been amazing. One of the coolest videos from the uh, the content fiesta was the under the TIFO video. Like, someone posted a video and said, it's always lit under the TIFO, and they're damn right, because that was that was sweet. It remi- I need to get under one of those things. That's what I really uh, felt like when I saw that video. And it reminded me, I've been to uh, 
a Vegas show, the Beatles show Love in Las Vegas, where they actually do something like that. They spread a big band like over the crowd, and you're like underneath it. Cool. And I remember my girlfriend at the time, she was all flipped out. She was like, this is creepy, but I was like, ah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> so who knows what it would be like under that TIFO, but it did look indeed look lit. Uh, so I need to experience it. And uh, yeah, you know, the beer showers were a little... Uh, more diplomatic, you could say, in in the stands. At least I didn't hear about any higher profile. I didn't hear about any, you know, camera equipment getting soaked or anything like that. So, you know, we're learning, we're growing, we're evolving, we're taking every step on this path uh, to become what we will eventually be. You know, you can't just like from on high dictate this is what's going to be our club culture. The people have to decide it and build it from the grassroots up. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. You can follow me on Twitter at John Hayes on Air. Appreciate you and all the extra followers that have uh, come on by in the last month or so. It's great to, to hang out with you on social. And you can follow Danny Brams at Danny Brams as well. And follow the show uh, at For the Crown Baby. It's, it's, it's an exciting time for, for Charlotte FC. It's a huge match on Saturday night. And it's a huge match next week, the inaugural. We're still doing it, Brams. We're still doing it. We're still saying inaugural. Um, because it is. It's right. the first it's the inaugural US Open Cup match for Charlotte FC and for the cup, baby. I, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. And um, I think cup competitions is what makes soccer so unique because when you mm-hmm. have a squad like Charlotte FC, right? When you have a squad like Charlotte FC and you have depth and players are fighting to get on the pitch and they're not getting the starts in MLS play and they're disappointed. Mm-hmm. You know, MAR has the ability to tell somebody this week, hey, listen, you're not, you're not starting on Saturday, but I've got you in right. Wednesday against Greenville. And it's an important 90 minutes for you and you're going to go the full 90. Yeah, Greenville, you better be uh, scouting some T.T. Ortiz tape because I think, <laughs> I think he's coming at you on Wednesday night. You know? I don't, you know, he hasn't been starting. But the Wednesday night game is a perfect chance to give him a much longer, more extended run. And a chance to give him some confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had that big miss in extra time. What about Adam Armour, too? Adam Armour. That's a, that's a definite start for me. At, From the start, AA. Let's go. Uh, in Greenville. So, there's the players that we've been seeing on the pitch regularly, we will see on Saturday night. But this squad of 20-plus players, you're going to see most of them over the next week, which is really cool. So, um, a few things I wanted to say on the way out today, Brams. Hit me. Um, uh, first and foremost is that we really appreciate your feedback on the show. Uh, it makes us feel awesome about doing it. And um, please give us a shout on Twitter. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, it really helps get the word out about the show. Leave us a five-star review as well. And, you know, a lot of us go to Charlotte FC games with friends, with family members. Share the pod with a friend. Yeah. It would mean a lot to us. Say, hey, if you like the show, hey, check this out. Send them the link. Give us a try. And Just think of one person that you're not sure if they've heard the show and send it to them. I, I really want to address one of our reviews on, uh, oh, wow. on the podcast. Live real-time feedback. Let's go. The reason why is because I, I hear it, I appreciate it, and I want to address it. I have not seen this, so this is, this is a real live experience here. One of the reviews that came in, Danny Brams, was about language, quite frankly. And I hear you. Um, I do understand that sometimes um, I let things slip, and 
I understand that you want to listen to the show with, with your young kids, and I appreciate that feedback, and I will do my best moving forward, like today's episode. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for keeping it clean. Uh, we also want to sort of just be real, and that, you know, we talk like we actually talk, you know, so it's kind of like finding that happy medium, and uh, we definitely want people to be able to watch it, uh, listen to the show as, as family members, obviously, in the car and things like that, so. Totally. So I, I respect the so feedback, the- but there's no promises being made here. <laughs> right. The promise is that I will try my best. We'll work on it. I've got one more thing, and it's about you. Yeah. All right, now I'm really invested. On Monday's pod, when I reminded you about the Charlotte Fan TV rant with Lee. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So this week's episode was posted on YouTube. Okay. And the first thing that you see post-match out of the stadium is you. (laughs) (laughs) You you led Charlotte FC, or Charlotte CLT Fan TV, you led... And it was by, it was so good. It was such a great rant that he had to put it first. Yes, on baby. the show. Thank you, Lee. We appreciate that. I looked for it a couple days ago and haven't been back to YouTube yet. So I'll, I'll check that out after we tape after this taping. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> it's amazing. Good, good to know. I'll carve out my own little niche in the uh, Charlotte soccer fan culture and the uh, the the D-list celebrities that we all uh, are pretending to be out here. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. Follow us on Twitter. Really appreciate you. Looking forward to the match on Saturday night. I'm pumped for it. And a trip to Greenville next week. Until Monday, we'll talk to you post-match for the crown. For the crown, baby.